In Ephesians 3.10, it says, To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be, might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. That the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. And in 1 Peter 4.10, I shared this not too long ago, it says, As each one of you has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That manifold is multifaceted, like a diamond, has many facets on it. That's what gives it the color and the beauty. And as, as Ricky and Becky were sharing, I was just thinking about the manifold wisdom of God, how that because of their willingness to share, God got glory in a way he wouldn't have gotten any other way. Does that make sense? And just practical terms, as we worship him, as our lady sang out a new song, that was a, a facet of glory that wouldn't have been seen had we not been obedient. Are you with me? See, I think the Lord, I know the Lord wants to do church differently than we've grown accustomed to doing it. Because here's what I know. As I came in today, I look around and I see the manifold, the multifaceted glory of God in the room. The many gifts that are in the room, I see the glory of the Lord. And as I see that, you know who I see? I see him. <laughs> and if we're sensitive to see Jesus in others, we just see new aspects of who he is. Does that make sense? Instead of, of not understanding, so shutting out or pushing away, but saying, God, I, I know that you're real and that you live in them. And I want to see you in them so that I can see you better. Well, the Word says that we're living epistles written by Him, read by all men. What's the epistle? Give glory, give uh, reference to, to Him. So that's who we are. That's the privilege that we have, that as we gather, we allow His glory and His presence to be seen through us. And what we do is we see another facet of who He is. See, I can look in Tina and I can see a facet of who he is. I can look in Heather and in Ben. And as I look in around the room, I see glimpses of who he is because he lives in you. And First Corinthians says, he who's joined himself to the Lord is what? One spirit with the Lord. Come on, right? Man, he's just so good. Anyone else, before I go any further, anybody have something? The Lord's just like, man, this is on my heart and I got to share this because... I want to be sensitive to him. I've got lots to say, but I want to be sensitive to him because I want him. To, see, here's the thing. It's not the person who gets the glory. It's Jesus, right? And is he worthy? Yeah, he's worthy. He's very worthy. So <clears throat> we, I think sometimes we don't get to see all of who he is because we don't take time to see him. Amen. All right. Come on, Steve. When we were worshiping, the Lord just said that what you just experienced is just a fraction Come on. of what goes on every day in heaven around the throne of God. <laughs> we experience just a fraction of it. Yeah. So you know how you felt in just that fraction. Just think how it would be Come. if you felt the whole thing. Amen. Yeah, that's good. You know, I... I don't make any apologies. I reference a lot to Friday nights, but God's doing so much in me on Friday nights. It's just awesome. And one of the things that 
he shared Friday night is he said that he had an open vision with the Lord and he was standing in the water. Uh, and he said when he looked back over his shoulder, the Lord was standing behind, Jesus was standing behind him. And he said he was in the water between his ankles and his knees, about calf depth. And the Lord immediately took me to the scripture that I've preached here many times about the river that comes out of the house of God. This, to the ankle, to the knees, to the waist, and to where you couldn't swim. He said, but as he was standing there and he looked out in front of me, it was just vast. He said, as far as he could see, it was water. And the Lord, and he was just overwhelmed in the presence of the Lord. He said, the Lord told him, said, what you're experiencing right now is about how deep you are. It's about just up to the calf. He said, but what you see in front of you is how much more is available. Right? Isn't that pretty much what he said? I probably butchered that a little bit, but golly, it just wrecked me to think there's so much more to him. And I'm not just talking about feelings or emotions. That's just it. Here's what I do know, though. You can't find a scripture when the presence of the Lord manifested that there wasn't an emotion and a feeling. Shabbat. We get caught up on feelings. We get caught up on emotions. Say, well, y'all just emotional. That was, I was titled that way 20-some years ago. The reason I went into the charismatic movement was because I was just an emotional person. Yeah, that's what was said of me. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I am an emotional. I own my emotions. Absolutely. I am an emotional person. As I've, I've shared before, I remember when uh, Brianna was cheering for Williams and she was, a, she was a cheerleader, and we were in a basketball game, and I was yelling. I wasn't being ugly. I was just excited. And one of the people looked at me and said, who's your son? I said, that's my daughter right there cheering. <laughs> they knew I had to have a son out there playing basketball the way I was going, come on, man. <laughs> that's my daughter right there. She's cheering. Yeah. I own my emotions, but here's the thing about it. God didn't create us emotionless. And when we encounter the living God, you can't find in the scriptures when they, when they encountered the living God that there wasn't a, an emotional response. Many times they fell on their face and they worshiped him. Others, Peter, when they were on the Mount of Transfiguration, he was so overcome with emotion. He said, let's just build three tabernacles and live here. You know, he didn't say that like many people read it. Lord, should we build three tabernacles and stay? That's not what he did. How many of you know he was pretty jacked up when he was on the boat and Jesus came walking? I'm sure he didn't say, if it's you. you know, a lot of this congregation might not remember Droopy. But as soon as I started, I knew the ones in my generation and older. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. This is my happy face. I'm so happy. Oh, Droopy. But God created us to encounter him. As a matter of fact, today it's so amazing. The song list, how the Lord does, is uh, as I was studying and, and preparing my heart, and if you've got something, just raise your hand. I'm, I'm, I know where I'm going, so I can I can. Keep going where I'm going. I'm not ashamed. All right. Come on. We're going to see Jesus today in all of his glory. Amen.
Um, I had a picture when we were in worship, and I thought it was just for me, but then you started talking about water, and she's just like, you need to share, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I want to, but I will. Um, so I saw this picture, um, and it was of hands, and they were picking up this bowl, I think it was like a clay bowl or something, and um, as the hands picked it up, water started coming from the bottom, and it filled, and it filled, and then it started to dribble over, and then it became a waterfall, Come and um, flowed out, so, yeah. Come on. That's awesome. That vessel. Amen? That's what we are, vessels. And as it was lifted up, it overflowed. Stephen liked that, overflow. Well, fall down. Don't mind me. I'm all good. So, um... For a while, um, love as a person has been hitting me. Come like, on. That's the good. idea of love being someone, it's not an emotion. It can give emotion or take emotion, but love is a person. Yeah. When love walks into the room, it literally walks into the room. Hey, come it on. doesn't flow. It, it's there. Yeah. For a long time, I didn't really understand love I th always thought it was this thing that when you fell in love with someone it's kind of like an emotion but the past couple of weeks it's been hitting me as love is someone yeah love is my friend yeah and Jesus is love yeah it's so amazing yeah that's good that's <laughs> see what I love is I don't even have to preach a message because all of this is in my notes I can prove it to you if you want to see it. Chris, come on. I see her. Well, all during praise and worship, we know today's Father's Day. And um, I was blessed to have a um, wonderful earthly father and a father-in-law. But this father up here is what made me who I am. Yeah. And we need to say, Happy Father's Day, Abba. Yeah. <laughs> because it's his love through our earthly fathers. Yeah. That brought us to where we were. Yeah. And I wasn't going to say anything. And I said, Lord, if you want me to say anything, have Todd say, does anybody have anything to say? <laughs> I love the so, Holy Ghost. So we are learning to ask, and the Lord's going to make a way. Yeah. So we need to say, Happy Father's Day, Abba, and show him our love and appreciate yeah. him. Yeah. Happy Father's Day, Abba. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So let's do that. Happy Father's Day, Abba. Yeah. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Papa God. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. I'll just, we'll just be sensitive and I'll just keep going. If you have something, you just raise your hand and we'll, uh, I'll try to keep my eye open. But, uh, you know, the thing the Lord, as uh, Sam said, one of the things that the Lord has really been sharing with me is about his love, that love is who he is. It's not an emotion. It's not what he does. It's who he is. And if we are one with him, <laughs> man, that changes everything. That changes everything. That changes how we respond to those that we like and those that we don't like. And another thing the Lord keeps saying, and I don't know, I don't have a message to back this up right now, but I've heard it repeatedly uh, recently, and then Chris just 
You know, I knew you had something to share because when we were here and we were singing and you were up worshiping, I can just remember the time that we were singing uh, about that you put breath in my, the breath, Marty's song is all I can remember. And you came up and said, he put breath in my lungs, so I've got to share. So when I saw you, I knew that, that you had something to share. But the other thing that the Lord just keeps saying to me, and I, I don't have all the answers, but I do have the questions. And that's the Lord saying is we don't ask enough questions. I'm not saying we don't question God enough. I'm not saying we question, like, God, why did that happen? But instead of saying, well, Lord, <clears throat> if this is you, not a fleece. I'm not, I don't believe we'd be fleeced. I believe we're supposed to be spirit-led, not fleece-led. Are you hearing me? But I do believe there's a safe place to say, God, I don't understand this. What am I not seeing? God, what more do I need to see? Or, God, what else are you saying? To ask the right questions so that, if you've studied the life of Jesus, the majority of his responses to the religious crowds were, were questions. They weren't statements. They would ask him a question, and he would ask them a question. Or he would make a statement that was a little indirect of what they were saying that would made them, make them have to answer a question. <clears throat> Why? Because, you know, that's the thing. Our kids, every kid has that stage when it's what? Why? 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 And, you know, I tried to be sensitive to Brianna when she was in that stage, not just to, get, to say, because. Because I said so, that's why. But I tried. I didn't always have an answer, but I tried to give her an answer because I wanted her to be able to develop. And you know what's sad? We shut kids down. Why? 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 You know, they're wanting to learn. They don't understand, so they're wanting to be able to. We, and what we have the privilege to do is give them a grid. Does that make sense? We have the privilege to give them a basis of understanding. That's what I mean by a grid. So when our kids are asking why, instead of saying just because, God doesn't say just because. He might say, why not? Then you have to look. But what he's desiring is relationship. What a question does is it says, I trust you, and I want to know what you think. This is a different perspective on why, isn't it? And I just, I really feel the Lord just keeps saying, Todd, keep asking questions and, and refine the questions. Does that make sense? As I said, I haven't. Thought that all the way through, it's just the Lord keeps bringing it up. So I said, all right, Lord, I'll share it. As I was uh, praying about this week being Father's Day, and my heart, if you've listened to me at all this year for six months, you know one of the key things in, in my heart is the reality of family. It's the reality of, of the body of Christ, understanding that we're the family, that we're a body, and... Um, if we are a family, we have a father. And as, uh, as Melita was saying, he's a good, good God. He's a good dad. He's a good, good God. And as, as I was meditating on that and just looking uh, today as we were singing, as I was listening to the lyrics, I was thinking, man, that's what I was meditating on this week. And it was just the songs that we sang were just amazing, furious about his love for us. And um, Ephesians chapter 3, I shared this last week. I touched on it. Let me say that. I, don't, I won't say that I shared it. 
but I touched on it last week when we were talking to our graduates. And in Ephesians 3, I, I shared more about being rooted and grounded in verse 18. Well, let's just look in verse 14 through 20, 21. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, from whom, listen, the whole family in heaven and earth is named. What did Paul recognize this as? Family. The whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in what? In love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who's able to exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So he says this in verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. 1 John 4, 8. Let me see, I have it. I'm going to the bottom and I'll go back to the top. 1 John 4, 7. 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the payment for our sins. Uh, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 8 says this, he who does not love does not know God, for God is what? God is love. Just as Sam shared in his testimony, love is not an emotion. Love has emotion, but love is a person, right? Right? Yes, Todd, that's right. Love is a person. God is love. And uh, he said, love, God is love. So as we understand that, he said in Ephesians 3, he wants us to be rooted and grounded in who? Yeah, in him. He said, I want you to be rooted and grounded in love. So love's not an emotion. Love is a person. It's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I want you to be rooted and grounded in him. As we are rooted and grounded in him, <clears throat> then that love has right away in our lives. So what I saw as I was looking at this is verse 15, it says that it draws attention where he says the family. He says the whole family in heaven and earth. And the Lord spoke this to my heart. He said there's one family uh, that's in two realities in one kingdom. It's one family living in two realities, but it's one kingdom. That make, that's clear as mud, right? Let me share what what I mean by that. He said, it's one family. We're the family of God in two realities. He said, both heaven and in earth. So what does that mean? So that means this, that there are believers who are already in heaven, right? Yes? So that's part of our family. And there are believers who are here on earth. That's part of our family, right? But we're in what? One kingdom. It's his kingdom. See, God's not separated by the natural and the spiritual. He is spiritual, and he, he manifests in the natural, and we're the same. We're spirit beings that have a soul and live in a natural body here on the earth, but our reality is the kingdom of heaven. 
That's why he's told his disciples in Matthew 6, how are we supposed to pray? Our Father, hallowed be your name. Your, your will be in earth as it is. If that wasn't a possibility, then he was wrong to teach us to say that. Amen. Is it making any sense? Am I making any sense? I just want to make sure I'm not on a walk this morning. It's Father's Day, and I don't want to be alone. I want people to go with me. I don't want to be alone. I want to make sure we're together. Verse 18 and 19. Paul said something here that I've never really studied out like I did this week. That just messed me up. I've prayed this prayer many, many times. I pray it every day over our church, over my family, over this church family, over the church in the DR. I pray Ephesians 3 over all of us. I make that declaration over all of us every day. But to this week as I was studying this and just meditating, that he said, I want you to, that you may that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, verse 18 says, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, depth, and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. This word right in verse 18 says that you may be able to comprehend. The word comprehend, I couldn't get away from it. Because even as I was saying Friday night when he said, it's not that we need more of God. We just need a greater understanding of the God we have or the God that has us. I think that's a better way of saying it. We don't have him. No one has him. What I mean by that is you don't possess all of him. And what he desires is to possess all of you. Does that make sense? Man, this is making great sense to me. I hope you're getting something out of it. But he says that you may be able to comprehend. The word comprehend means this, to take eagerly, to lay hold of, such as to make one's own. See, this goes far beyond just in a mental agreement. It, even as Ben has shared before, it goes far beyond just having a concept of this is who God is. He said this, the word comprehend, that you may be able to comprehend. Comprehend means this. To take eagerly, to lay hold of so as to make one's own. What did he say? I want you, what Sam said, his word was so prophetic over this church, over each of us individually, is God wants you to take eagerly to lay hold of the person of love. He don't want it to be a concept in your mind. He wants it to be a thing, a, a person that, that so radically transforms your way of thinking that you know love is here. Romans 5 even says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So God said, I am love, and I'm giving you Holy Ghost, John 14. We're, we're going to read pert near all of John 14 just a minute. Because I was studying, I was trying, I'm going to take this verse. And then I said, well, I'm going to take this verse, and I'm going to take this verse. And I went from John 14, 1, very familiar passage of Scripture, 1 and 2, let not your heart be troubled, you believe, Right? All the way down to like verse 20-something. I'm like, I just copied it out of my Bible program and put it over in my notes and started bolding and highlighting. I'm like, I can't just skip. So that was an act of faith. We see throughout the scriptures, Jesus in the temple, he said to the, the man with the withered hand, what did he tell him to do? He said, stretch out your hand. I mean, hello, the guy had a withered hand. You think he had never tried to stretch out his hand? 
I think every day he got up and he tried to stretch out his hand. It wasn't like the guy was like, oh, hey, yeah, let me try that. Let me try to stretch it out. It wasn't that at all. It was a present reality of him every day. But when Jesus said, stretch out your hand, it was an act of faith that says, I'm going to respond to what you said. Amen? We see it throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament. The Lord would make a declaration. They would have to respond in belief and in faith. And so that's beautiful. The Lord said, just take, you know, I had a friend that we used to go to church with, and what she said, one of the things she said, when she got in the car, she said, I consciously wanted to practice the presence of the Lord, that he was with me. She said, so when I would get in the car, I would get in, and I would sit down, and I'd say, okay, put your seatbelt on, because you're riding with me. <laughs> and she would reach over and clip the seatbelt in the passenger seat, and you go, well, that's just crazy. You know what, we've, we've convinced ourselves for way too long that we're sane but it's measured by the world's standards and not by his. I mean, and so she would just clip the seatbelt. She said, I would ride down the road, and I would talk to him in the seat with me. I would practice his presence. I would practice his presence. And I just thought, man, that's powerful. The world looking on, they're just crazy. That's that crazy girl who puts her seatbelt on an empty seat. But the reality of who Jesus is became so real to her because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And you know what's so amazing? He's closer than the seat beside us because he lives in us. But we are, no, we're not. We were sense-driven people. Now, I'm not talking about changing your pocket. I'm talking about five senses, what we see, touch, taste, smell, uh, hear, we allow that many times to drive what's reality to us. So when we can partner with that, even in our mind, like taking his hand and saying, you know what, you're with me. I'm going to walk with you. It, it causes us to get out of that realm and go, you know what, he's with me. So that's amazing. He is so good. And that's what he wants to do. He wants us to understand. That's, um, he said who the whole family in earth heaven and earth is named, he, uh, he wanted us to know, he wants us to understand that he's father and that we're family, that he loves us and desires above everything relationship. Um, you know, my heart as a father is not what my daughter can get me or what she can do for me. It's just being with her. Are you with me? The older I get and the older she gets and the less time that we have together, I remember the day that she got married. Uh, stop it. It was, uh, we were sitting on the bed. Uh, she, came, she came downstairs and um, she sat on the bed and she welled up with tears and I welled up with tears and I said, this is not starting right. <laughs> That you're getting married and you're already starting with me. But I just thought of the times of my life didn't flash before my eyes, but the times that I had spent with her. And you know what? I was so thankful. I was not a perfect dad. There was more than one occasion I went to her, you know, and I said, Dad was wrong. I'm sorry. I love you. And, you know, I was reminded of the old Andy Griffith episode when he's, 
accusing Opie of doing something wrong. Opie didn't do it. Y'all remember that? If you didn't, you need to see it. It'll mess you up. It'll hit you in the heart. <laughs> but it made me think, as I was sitting there on the bed with her that morning, I looked back, and what was precious to me was not all the little cards or anything like that she gave me. It wasn't any fi- I couldn't remember sitting there on that bed looking at her, knowing that she was getting ready to walk down an aisle and become a Mrs. Vincent. I didn't think of any gifts she'd ever got me. I thought of the time that we'd spent together and how precious that time was. And as a father, do you know the only thing that I had in my heart as a father looking at her sitting on the bed was, man, I wish I'd have had more time just to be with you. I wasn't losing her. She wasn't going away. Thank God she just, she lives close. That's the Lord. It's awesome. I love it. And we get, to spend time, we get to spend time together now more than we have in four years because she was away at college. But when I was sitting there and I was looking at her, the only thing that I had in my heart was, man, I wish I had more time with her. Why? That's the heart of a father. It's not what we can do for him. It's not how well we produce. It wasn't that she graduated. And I am proud, magna cum laude. I had to look it up. As I told you, I graduated. Thank you, Lottie. <laughs> Jesus, we is done. Mostly you, but I was there. <laughs> Thank you that we're done. I could have cared less about the title that they gave her, about the cords around her neck when she graduated. When I saw her walk, I was like, that's my baby girl. That's my baby girl. And you know what? She's going to walk across. She's going to get that. Then she's going to go. She's going to go back to her seat. In just a few more minutes, I got to endure this. They graduate fast. They graduate college faster than most high schools. And a lot more people. I mean, it's good. But you know what I was thinking? Not, I get to see her diploma. I get to touch her cords. You know what? Well, I'm serious. I'm not making this up. What was in my heart when I saw her come across the stage, my eyes went up with tears. Is I get to hug her in just a few minutes and tell her how proud I am of her. And I just think our Father wants so much just to be with us. And we can make so much out of that. Well, I've got to study this much. I've got to read this much. I've got to pray this much. And all those things are good. But any of those things that become a formula take the life and the love and the relationship out of it. And it's just become religion. It's no different than Philip looking at Jesus in John chapter 14. I can't imagine as I studied this, my heart hurt when Jesus is there and and Philip looks at him and says, show us the Father. And Jesus just said, if you'd seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, show us the Father and it'll be sufficient. I'm like, oh, that had to hurt. And he was there, and the Lord showed me that we can be walking. This is why I've said today, I, if you've got testimony, I, won't, you say, I don't care if you raise your hand. How we, because we can be walking with him and not even know. The road of, to Emmaus, there was two. Two of his disciples. It was two that knew him. That's why Paul said that I used to know Jesus after the flesh, but I don't know him that way anymore. I don't know him just by the physical attributes of what he looks like. See, here's what I'm convinced of. Jesus can walk in the room, and it can, he can look like Heather. He can walk in the room. He can look like Marty. But if I'm looking for him to walk in the room with his robe and be floating over the ceiling, over the floor, and he's walking like this, 
I miss him. I miss him because he came in the room today and his name was Becky. Uh, yeah, that was good. That's him. Yeah. And his name was Ricky. His name was Chris and Lizzie. He came in the room and he said, I want to tell you something. But if we won't see him, we'll miss him. We'll miss him and we'll leave and we'll be discouraged and we'll go, well, I came to church and, and I didn't see him. And he says, no, I was there. I was there. I was in that song. I was in that worship. I was in Joyce in the prayer room, drunk. She was gone. She gone. <laughs> she was gone, gone. And if I don't see him, I can be offended. I can miss it. I can say, well, that was just silly. Or they're just want to sing a long time. Or they just want to do this. But if I'm looking for him... If I understand that he lives in every person who calls him Savior, and I'm looking for him, and I'm looking for the manifold wisdom of God in those around me, then I can see him. And I can leave changed because I saw him. Oh, man, that's just good. Not because I said it, but because he's good. And he wants us to see him. And when we... When we refuse to comprehend. And again, I go back to this word may, M-A-Y. I'm not going to give my illustration again. But may means to give permission to. So he said that you may comprehend. So the Lord is really saying, I've got much for you, but you've got to allow it. And the way that we allow it many times is saying, you know what, God, I, I choose to set my eyes on you and what you say and not look at what I don't see. But I choose to look at you. You know what? That's a choice. That's, that's a, you know what that is? That's what uh, Ricky did when he said he woke up from a, a sleep. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says this, when... Verse 3, when Ricky said that, the Lord immediately quickened the scripture to my heart, and I wanted to share it. It says, verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for, the, for pulling down strongholds. Listen. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity, every, uh, bringing into captivity to the obedience of Christ bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So when he was talking about when he was, first he was in the truck and he was riding down the road, and it was the same time that the angel moved her out from in front of the car. You know what I'm talking about? Becky's testimony, were y'all here? Okay, just checking. I want to make sure. Like, I'm not walking today. I'm not going on a walk today. You're going with me. If it's kicking and screaming, you're going with me. I'm just kidding. He said, he said he took that thought captive. But here's what's so beautiful. The Lord showed me this passage some time ago. It's, I don't have to take it thought. I don't have to take that thought captive to what I've done or how good I've been. It says I take that thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So what that means is, when there's a thought that comes in, I don't say, "Well, you know, I fasted last week or I prayed and I read my Bible for 30 minutes today," because the enemy will come back and go, "Yeah, but you had an hour. You only read it for 30." 
you fasted and prayed. Yeah, you sure did till you saw that sandwich you wanted. And then you said, the Lord said, the fast is over. Hey, the Lord is provided. Lord, if you want me to end this fast when I walk in McDonald's, I'll have food. It, what it says, it, it's brought to the obedience of Christ. Man, when I saw that and I really saw that, I got set free. Because it doesn't, means that I, it doesn't mean that I performed perfectly right when I needed to take authority. It means that Jesus was perfect. And he is perfect in his authority. So I can bring that thought captive to his obedience. And that's what Ricky did. He brought that thought captive to his obedience, to Christ's obedience. And he saw his wife rescued. Come on. Supernaturally. And that's what we have to do, is we have to realize that this, we can't be consumed with this natural world that we're in. We've got to comprehend. And that word, to me, uh, as I meditate, to take eagerly, to lay hold of as to make one's own. I have, just as I said, there's many images in my mind of me uh, comprehending my wife, comprehending my daughter, taking hold of eagerly as to have as my own. And he said, that's what I want you to do with this love. I want you to comprehend it. Because when you do, when you comprehend it, he said, you'll be filled with all the fullness of God. <laughs> How can that be? Because when I comprehend him, when I take, eagerly take hold of him, when I say, God, this is my priority, is to know you, to have relationship with you, as I eagerly, eagerly comprehend him, he says, you make me your own, and that life that's in me is released through you. That's how you can wake up at whatever time it was in the morning and just start, not out of religious routine or right, because in his, in his sleep, he wasn't religiously going through, I'm going to take authority, I'm going to take authority, I'm going to take authority. It was who's in him, who is in him. There's so much bigger. Wow. I want to I read John 4, and it'll, I'll segue straight into John 14. John 4 says this, But the hour is coming, and now is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth and truth. Listen to this. This is just amazing. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Who is? This God who demands your worship? Is that what it says? No. And the word worship there means worth to add worth to. It means to ascribe worth to. It means to honor, to adore. So he says the Father are looking for those who are looking for him. Come on. That's good. The Father is looking for those who are looking for him, such as to, to worship him. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. See the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Philip, we're going to see here in John chapter 14, he couldn't see. Because he was just trying to see from the natural perspective, not from the spirit. God is a spirit. And those that worship him, those that love on him, they're going to do it in spirit and in truth. It's going to be by leading of the Holy Spirit, and it will always be uh, congruent with truth. It's not going to contradict truth. But here's what I want you to know. 
sometimes it can be bigger than the revelation you have of truth. Let me just say a lot of that a moment. Think on that. Meditate on this. What I'm saying is this. When God comes, his manifestation to you sometimes will not be uh, anti-biblical, but it can be extra-biblical. <laughs> what are you talking about? It means he's, show, he's bigger than this book. That's what it means. It's bigger, he's bigger than this book. So he can come to you and he can manifest himself. It can be in love. It can be in, uh, in an expression that... And someone gives, and it can be something where you can't say, this verse says this, but you can say, that's him because I know him. That makes sense. That's him because I know his character. I know his nature. I know who he is, so I know that's him. Speaking of angels, I was listening to um, Andrew Womack the other day, and he was talking about a service, that, and he, the Bible says that, that we should be cautious or careful that, because there are times that we entertain angels unaware. He talked about a meeting they were having. He said, in this meeting, he said, this guy came in. He was a biker. He said the guy was six foot seven. Six foot seven. My son-in-law's six foot five, and his head's about right here. So six foot seven, this cat was like this tall. He said he, was, he had a vest on. He had tattoos. And he said, as I watched this guy, he came. He said he was just full of love. And he said everywhere he was, he said in that meeting, we had healings. We had deliverances. We had uh, where demonic people were set free and delivered. He said, every time I, the Lord was doing something, I looked, and that guy was standing there. He said, and someone over here was healed, and I looked, and that guy was standing there. And someone got born again, and that guy was standing there. And he said, at the end of the meeting, it was like he was just gone. He said, it's like he disappeared. And he said, the Lord quickened his heart and said, sometimes we entertain angels underwear, and they don't always look like what you expect them to look like. I just thought, man, that's awesome. But he said, the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. John 14. In Ephesians 3, he said, I want you to comprehend. Let me just read it. Ephesians 3, 18, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled up with all the fullness of God. So he said, I want you to comprehend. I want you to take hold of eagerly as to possess. And then he says, the reason I want you to do this is because I want you to know. He said, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled up with all the fullness of God. Now, this word know, the first word there where he says that you might, I want you to know, is uh, gnosko. The Greek word is the New Testament uh, in Strong's Concordance. It's number 1097. But here's what it means. It means to know, to learn to know a person through direct personal experience implying a continuity of relationship. So what are you saying? He said, I want you to comprehend. I want you to, to eagerly go after a continuing relationship that, with him that comes through experience. Does that make sense? Anybody tracking with me? So what's Paul praying in Ephesians chapter 3? We're going to stop here, and we'll pick up next week in John 14.
But in Ephesians 3, Paul is praying this. He said, I want you to comprehend. I want you to take hold of as to possess for yourself. Come on, hear this. If you don't hear, your takeaway is this. Father God is saying today is, I want you to have me as your very own, not someone else's. That's the problem that we see many times in young people when they get out of, uh, out of the home, out of high school, and they go to college, and, you know, they say, well, they just went wild. They had to sow their wild oats. No, what it is many times, not every time, but many times, this isn't condemnatory. This is just revelatory. And what I'm just saying is I am not condemning anyone. I'm just revealing what happens many times. It's what they had in, in, was not a comprehension. What they had was a knowledge in their head about God. But it wasn't a comprehend. They hadn't taken hold of him eager. I'm not even saying they weren't saved. Are you hearing me? I'm not saying they weren't born again. But what I'm saying is it wasn't that place where Paul was praying, I want you to comprehend Jesus. I want you to eagerly pursue him and take him as your own. Because when you do that, when you say, Father, I have to have you, I have to know you, not know about you, I want you for me, not so mom and dad will be happy, I want you because I need to know who you are to me. He said, when you do that, you'll begin to experience him, you'll begin to relationally know him in ways you've never known him before. He said, that's my heart for you. That's what Paul was praying. That's my heart for you. That's what we've seen here today demonstrated in our midst through testimony is God bringing you into encounter of who he is. Did you get it? Did you see him today? Did you see him today? I did. And he's altogether lovely. Come on up. I know a lot of y'all probably don't know me, but my name is Kevin. That's my sister. Kena is back there. Hey, Kevin. And uh, I want to say happy Father's Day to everybody. Amen. So I lost my dad in 2010, and I used to ask why, you know, all the time. And I would see other people with their dads and stuff, and like Pastor Todd said, comprehending. Well, I kept hearing from God, I am your father. Yeah. You don't need an earthly father. You got me. Come on. And... Once I learned to comprehend with that, a lot of doors started opening up. Things started happening in my life. He blessed me with a beautiful woman and my kids. And I got a daughter that's 18. I hadn't seen her since she was six. And I got to watch her graduate Come on. a couple of weeks ago from Eastern Alamance. And that's God. Yeah. And I just want to thank Pastor Todd and his wife and my church family for praying for me and my family. Amen. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Amen. That's him. Come on. Absolutely. This one I had to stop so I can make room for him. I don't talk about myself a lot. I'm not um, a woe is me person. I grew up in a home that didn't have love that I'm finding here in North Carolina. I didn't, I wasn't appreciated by my father. I wasn't appreciated by my mother. Jackie all last year would say to me, and I'm so glad you're sitting here this morning. She would say to me, what is God saying to you today? And Sam, you're an awesome young man. Yeah. But God told me last year that he was loving that 
that is what it is. And I kept saying to Jackie every week, she'd ask me, God's just talking to me about his love, that he is love. And that, that is what he is. And I have grown through him and grown through him over the years. Because when I married my husband 26 years ago almost, I was a very angry person. And I hated people. I wanted no one near me. Mm. And God has just moved his compassion Come on. into me and through me. And all I care to do in this life is to let people know that God loves them and how yeah. much love he can bring us to. And listening to you, Don, this morning just wrecked my heart because I never had my dad saying, go, girl, I love you. That's my baby girl. And my father was like, what did you do? Did you do this? Did you get this right? Did you get that right? They didn't care what I did, but I had to make sure that I always looked appropriate for the family. But... You people have such a gift of love. Come on. And I just appreciate everything about you. And I'm so happy that God has brought me here so that I can learn more about love through all of you. Amen. 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 Well, I have a prescription for you. Before you leave, you got to get a hug from my dad and Bob. They're the official dad huggers. I'm just saying. Anyone else? Man, I love Jesus. Come on, I heard him. Yeah. Come on. I love what the Lord's doing right here. If you're feeling like I'm a little dry, move over here. Um, it's amazing when you've got your eyes and your heart open that yeah. you can see the Lord in everything. Yeah. Um, whether it's music, whether it's nature, yeah. whatever. I've been having this it's a story that happened whenever I was in college. I call it my river story um, that I feel like I'm supposed to share. I was a junior in college, so I was probably about 19 or 20, and something had happened between a friend and myself. And I didn't feel very good about it, and I was really upset, and I was like, Lord, what in the world am I supposed to do? And I was walking across campus, and I was praying. I was like, what's going on? What am I supposed to do? And he said, get in your car. I went, okay. So I got my pocketbook, got my keys, stuck the key in the ignition, and sat in the car. <laughs> Where am I going? That's I don't good. know. And he said, go to the river. The river was about six miles from campus. And a lot of the kids enjoyed going there because it had like a beach area. You could play in the water. There's a little rapids area. You could float on inner tubes. You could uh, fish from the pier. There was a playground. Just a fun place to go. Keep in mind, this story is happening at a quarter to 11, 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> I'm a 20-year-old single female going to this area by myself. Okay. So I'm like, all right. So I go to the river. I park in the parking lot. I get out. And I normally would keep a flashlight in the trunk. So I go to the trunk, and I'm looking for the flashlight. There's no flashlight. And I'm going, how in the world am I supposed to go anywhere without this darn flashlight? And then I remembered, it's a full moon. He gave me complete and total every bit of light that I needed in that full moon. So I was like, all right. So I was like, where am I going? He said, go to this one particular area. So I, sat on, so I went to this one particular area, this big, huge rock, sat on the rock. And I'm looking out, and I'm a very visual person, okay? And the Lord knows this. He knows Absolutely. how you'll receive stuff, yeah, and he'll good. give it to you in that way. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, and the best way I can paint this picture is to think of a picture frame. Um, the picture frame's not the one that you can actually see the full rectangle of the picture, but you know how sometimes they jet in? Like there's like a, maybe like a, um, if it's a beach type of a theme, you'll see the umbrella 
jet right. in a little bit. It's that type of a thing, okay? So you've got, like, trees. You've got brush. The water that's in the middle that's supposed to be the picture is the bubbling area where it's the rapids, where it's all messed up. So this whole entire picture is just chaos, okay? So I'm sitting there, and I'm pouring everything out, and I'm like, Lord, da 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 So I'm praying about it and everything. And so I sit there, and I said, all right. And he said, now get up, go down the path. I went, okay, again. 20 years old at 11 o'clock at night, walking down a path by myself. I have no fear whatsoever because I know the Lord's leading me in all this. So I said, all right. So I walked down the path, and it's like really pretty trees, and I passed the, park, passed the uh, little playground area, and I go to the beach area. It is completely and totally calm, wide open. You can see all the way down the river that way. You can see down the river that direction, and he said, because you obeyed me, and you came here, and you spent some time, and you gave it to me, I took you from that picture of chaos Come on. into this complete and total calm. Come and on. I went, okay. And it was just like a, huh. Yeah. Then the whole fact of 11 o'clock at night, single woman by herself, finally came to me, and I'm like, okay, Dad, just get me back to my car. <laughs> Amen. But I just felt like I was supposed to share that. Come on. Amen. And it was probably a good thing she didn't call her dad and tell her what she was doing because dad would have driven to wherever it was and told her she was wrong. <laughs> this is just a dad. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Probably not. But, uh, you know, the thing when she said that, I love Holy Spirit. Another thing that the Lord just highlighted me from Friday night when she said that is that the guy speaking, Joaquin Evans, <laughs> He said that he talked about how the peace of the Lord would come when we're in worship or stuff like that. He said, and that's him. It's his presence. And he said what he's seen is that many times in that peace is the power. That inside of that peace is the power for whatever it is that you have need of in your life. But if we don't know that he is peace and he is power, you'll miss the power encounter that's there in the middle of the peace. Yeah. You say, God, where were you? I need. He said, I was there, but I came in peace. And when she went down, that, the power was there. It was in the peace. So I just declare peace over you. And I say to you, as a father in this house, I love you and I'm proud of you.